Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bible Truth for Living. This is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds. Let me wish you a Merry Christmas, and I hope you're enjoying the day and able to spend it with some family. You know, sometimes the holidays are difficult on families because uh, perhaps they've lost a loved one over the past year or or uh, something like that, and I think we always need to be mindful of that. Uh, and we also need to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ as well. So Merry Christmas to you, and uh, we thank you so much for listening today. And I want to take just a moment to recognize all of those who support the Bible Truth bo- broadcast by not only listening and praying for us, but uh, financially giving towards uh, the program. As This is the last Sunday of the year. We have a lot of folks that uh, give on a monthly basis, some give uh, on a periodic basis, and uh, however that uh, they do it, we certainly do appreciate it. It helps us pay for the radio time as well as the new podcast that we have available. And uh, as I am going to read these names, they are in no certain order, and uh, I certainly hope that I do not forget anyone. If I do, let me know, and I will be sure to uh, make that correction uh, on our next program. But uh, I just want to mention these folks because they are uh, faithful supporters of Bible Truth. Truth for Living, the radio program, and the podcast. And that would be Robert and Christina White, our friends at Bob White Insurance, Ted and Deborah Gresham, Darren and Bobby Drew, Paul and Glenda Drew, Ben and Rhonda Harlan, Jim Lewis, Todd and Michelle McGovern, Mike and Phyllis Blackford, Mark and Lori Cabot, John and Marcia Cabot, Rita Phillips, John and Janice Cherry, Marvin and Sandy Frick, Stanley and Carolyn Harris, John and Angie Whipple, Jack and Regina Hamilton, Rob and Michelle Hamilton, Terry Jones, Carolyn Phillips, Marvin and Phyllis Skidmore, Vint and Kelly Compton, Blake and Tammy Smith, Jerry and Debbie Payne, Rita Morris, Norma Seal, Debbie Pettis, Rhonda Wooden, Debbie Nafsker, and then we have folks at both Mount Vernon Baptist Temple and Waltonville Community Church that give faithfully through the church. And all of these folks are instrumental uh, in helping me personally to be able to preach and get the message out on the airwaves, both by radio and podcast. And folks, I want you to know how much that it is appreciated, and we're looking forward to what the Lord has in store for the ministry in 2023. If you would like to to be among those who help us uh, to preach the Word of God, teach the Word of God on the radio and on the podcast. You too can be a Bible Truth Broadcast partner, whether that's a monthly basis or a one-time basis. Simply write to us at Bible Truth for Living, 817 Woodland Drive in Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. And we would certainly appreciate it. All proceeds go toward helping pay for radio time and the podcast Uh, hosting as well. Today I'm going to bring a Christmas message since it is Christmas Sunday and uh, this message is titled How to Celebrate Christmas. 
And uh, I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. The Bible says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them." Over the centuries, people around the world have found unique ways to celebrate Christmas in their cultures. For example, in Japan, they celebrate by having Kentucky Fried Chicken for Christmas dinner. No joke. Uh, it was actually a, a sort of a, an advertisement that started back in the 1970s and caught on. They call it KFC, Kentucky for Christmas, and that's what they do in Japan. In Australia, they have barbecue for Christmas because it is midsummer there. Uh, it's called the land down under there in Australia, so they have barbecue for Christmas. In Greece, being a port nation, they decorate boats, line them up along the shoreline, and people take tours of the boats decorated in Greece. In Iceland, they take boots, and they line the boots up on window seals, and then they fill these boots with either treats and gifts or rotten potatoes, depending on how your behavior was throughout the year. And then I thought this one was the most interesting. This is in Slovakia, and in Slovakia, they catch or purchase live carp. And they put them in the bathtub for a couple of days before Christmas, sort of making pets out of them. And then on Christmas Day, they take them out of the bathtub, prepare them, and eat the carp, scales and all, for good luck. Now, if you're looking for a family tradition to start, that would certainly be an interesting one. Uh, and uh, you might consider that. That's what they do in Slovakia. But families in America have different family traditions and ways of celebrating Christmas. Some do that uh, we, well, in our family, we celebrated last Sunday because it was the time we could get everyone together. Some do that on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It doesn't really make any difference. But the best example for how to celebrate Christmas actually comes from the shepherds on the first Christmas night. And that's what I want to share with you today. First of all, I want us to see their wonder in verses 15 and 16. And the first thing uh, to look at here is we notice where they go. In verse 15, the Bible says, it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go now even unto Bethlehem. Now, how did they know to go to Bethlehem? Well, I believe two reasons. Number one, the angel had told them that this would be where the babe would be found. We see that in verses 10 and 11 of Luke chapter 2. The scripture says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. There it is. The city of David was Bethlehem. It means house of bread. Of course, we know Jesus is the bread of life. So this is where he was born, in Bethlehem, the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Perhaps they also knew because this was prophesied in the book 
of Micah. Micah is one of what we call the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And this prophecy was given over 700 years before Jesus was born. Micah 5.2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, the thousands of little towns, yet out of thee, Bethlehem, shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Which tells us that Jesus Christ did not just have his beginning at Bethlehem. That's when he came in flesh. But he always is, always has been because he is God. So they go to Bethlehem and then we notice why they go because they say in verse 15, and let us see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Now, how had God made that known? Well, again, through the angels. Listen to verses eight and nine of the same chapter. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. So here you have the angel of the Lord coming coming upon them, and the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Now, they recognize this as a divine announcement because of the presence of the glory of the Lord. It says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. What is this? What's going on? Well, this is what we theologically call the Shekinah glory of God. We see this throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament. For example, in Exodus chapter 33, we see the Shekinah glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle. Listen, please, to Exodus 33 and verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle. This was a portable structure before the temple was built and pitched it uh, without or outside the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. What we have here is the Shekinah glory of the Lord coming upon that tabernacle and we have a Christophany. It is a, a, an Old Testament appearance, a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ as he talks with Moses, the Bible says, face to face. We see this periodically throughout the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we find that Jesus Christ himself is the bodily presence of the Shekinah glory of God. It's a very small verse uh, in the letter that Paul writes to the Colossians. And Colossians 2 and verse 9 says, For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, the Godhead refers to what we call the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, the Trinity, the three-in-one, in bodily form. He is the very presence of God's glory. So again, when we go back to Luke chapter 2, we see the wonder of the shepherds, and we notice where they go. They go to Bethlehem. We notice why they go, because the Lord had revealed this to them. And then we see how they go in verse 16. Verse 16 tells us, and they came with haste. 
and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. Those two words, with haste. That tells us that once they had this revealed to them, they didn't waste any time. You know, there's something about being drawn to Jesus that makes one move with haste. You know, when you see someone who is ready to get saved, they do that with haste. They want to get saved now, and that's how it should be. We ought to serve God with haste. Sometimes, you know, we'll want to say, well, I'll pray about it or let me think about it. Well, you know, we can do that and five years later still be in the same place that we were. Sometimes we need to just move with haste, get saved, get busy serving God. And that's what the shepherds did. Now, the second thing I want us to see is their witness in verse 17. Verse 17 tells us, and when they had seen it, they seen the the babe in the manger, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Notice they made known abroad. What does that mean? That means they began to be witnesses of what they had seen. That's the natural progression for a believer. First of all, we get saved, and then we want to start telling other people about it. We ought to be excited to tell people about Jesus. When a person meets Jesus, they just want to tell everybody. I remember when I was a young child and I got saved. The first thing I wanted to do was go to grandma and grandpa's house and tell them that I got saved. There's just something about it that makes us want to witness. Now, sometimes what happens is over the years, we become apathetic about that. And if that is you, if you've lost your excitement, let me encourage you, get excited again about being a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, when Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to preach, they preached with excitement and with boldness. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, uh, and, and this is a great uh, scripture. Peter says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved referring to Christ. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, these guys were just fishermen. They, they didn't know a lot of theology and all the law that the, the Pharisees knew, but something different, there was something different about them because the Bible then says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, when you've spent time with Jesus, that's better than having a theological degree from the uh, most prestigious seminary there is because they've been with Jesus. People ought to see that. That ought to be said of us. Would your family say that? Would your friends, would your coworkers say that person right there has been with Jesus? Would they be shocked that you would claim to have been with Jesus? Or would they say, you know what? There's something different about him or her because I can tell Jesus has done something in his life or in her life. Well, we see the wonder of the shepherds. We see the witness of the shepherds. And then we see their weight, the weight of the shepherds. Now, I'm not talking about pounds here. Uh, Listen to verse 18. Verse 18 says, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. First of all, they become witnesses and they make known abroad. And then all they that heard it begin to wonder. What does that mean? Well, we see their weight here in the community. You've heard that saying before, you know, so-and-so has a lot of weight in the community or they have weight at their job place. What that means is they have influence. Their influence was such that when they witnessed, other people began to want to get in on it. They began to wonder themselves. They witnessed so convincingly, these shepherds did, they were so convinced, they were so bold and excited, it caused other people to want to know more. That's contagious. That's how our witness should be. 
It's been said that Benjamin Franklin loved to go hear George Whitfield preach. Now, this was back uh, in the in the uh, time period of the Great Awakening, and even though they were sometimes miles apart theologically, Benjamin Franklin said, "I'm not sure that I believe everything that Whitfield preaches, but he believes it so strongly that it's hard to resist." Franklin said, I want to hear him because he believes it so much. That's a contagious witness when you cause other people to want to know more about Jesus. You know, we see that in the the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter four. We don't know her name, but we know that Jesus spends time talking with her. And you remember that whole story. He's at the well talking to her. And finally he says, go bring your husband. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, well, you know what? You're being honest because you've had five husbands husbands and the one you're with now uh, you're not even married to and yet he doesn't condemn her he just reveals what really has gone on in her life and it is that that caused her to come to Christ you see we have this idea that we have to soften the message somehow and we have to treat people with with a kid glove so to speak no we need to know what sinners we are because then we can recognize what an awesome savior that we have And whenever the lady comes to this point, listen to John 4 and verse 28. The woman then left her water pot. She went for physical water, but Jesus revealed that he was the living water. So she leaves the water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. Now, you know, in that culture, even today, uh, the women do not necessarily go up to the men to speak, especially a woman here who's been married five times. She has a bad reputation. I mean, she has no weight in the community before her conversion. Nobody would want to talk to her or even be seen in public with her. But yet she goes up to the men and she says, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. He didn't tell her all the good things about her. He revealed to her what a sinner that she was, but he did not do it in a condemning way. He just lets her know here's the reality of it. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? What is their response? Verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came to him. They also wanted to know more because of her testimony. In fact, uh, in verse 39 of John 4, the Bible says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. She doesn't testify that he tells her what a good person she is. She says, he told me the truth about myself and come and you can hear the same thing about you. And she had such a great influence that many of the Samaritans believed on Christ for her testimony. That's a lot of weight that this woman carried after her conversion. The last thing I'll share with you is we see her, we see the worship of the shepherds back in Luke two and verse 20. The Bible tells us this, that they then returned, returned back to the fields. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They went right back to work, but they weren't the same when they went back to work. When they went back to work, they were singing, they were laughing, they were praising God. They were excited to worship the Lord. You know, we have an example of that in Acts chapter 3, the the man who uh, was healed. 
by Peter and John. The Bible says in Acts 3 and verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, uh, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So this poor lame guy would sit there day after day asking and begging for money, all right? who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. They, he is asking the money out of them. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, he was expecting, he was expecting money, but he got more than what he was expecting. Listen to this. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. That's better than receiving any amount of money. This guy had been lame from birth. And I like this part here, verse 8. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. There used to be a song that we would sing in children's church, and it went, it, it went from that text. And it said, he went walking and leaping and praising God. That's a man that worshiped God. That's what Jesus has done for us. When we think of Christmas, it's a time to worship the Savior that has come to save all of humanity. Well, let me ask you these questions as we close the broadcast today. Do you still behold Jesus with wonder? Has it become just another sort of boring story? Have you forgotten what it's all about? Let me encourage you to renew that. Do you still witness to people about Jesus? Are you excited or do you just sort of, well, I'll keep it to myself. That's just for church time. No, we ought to be witnesses all the time. Does your witness have any weight with those around you? What kind of influence do you have? on your family, on your friends, on your neighbors, on your co-workers? And then are you as excited to worship him as you did before? You say, well, I don't know how to get excited about worshiping Jesus. I'm saved, but I've just sort of lost that. Well, here's how you get that back. You get that back by reading your Bible, by praying, by witnessing, by going to church. And the more active you become, the more excited you'll become. It's the same principle in marriage. You know, if you want to keep your marriage exciting, you have to go on a date once in a while and and go out to eat and do things together and communicate and those sort of things bond the relationship. You can't just go to church on Sunday and then put your Bible away and not pray and not witness and then, uh, you know, go to church every once in a while and think you're going to maintain your excitement. It doesn't work that way. It's sort of like uh, keeping a fire going, you know, Uh, it's really cold today. There's been a, a cold uh, period of weather here. And to keep a fire going, you have to keep the fire stoked. You stir those coals, you put some, some more wood on the fire to keep it fresh and keep it burning. And that's what we need to do when it comes to our worship. Well, I pray the message has been a help to you. And again, as we close out, this is the last Sunday uh, that we will be on the radio. Next week will be January 1st. We'll be in 2023. And if you'd like to be a blessing to the Bible Truth for Living program here at the end of the year, you have all this week coming up, maybe consider sending a gift to help us. And this will go to pay for radio time and podcast time. You can write to us at Bible Truth for Living. 
817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift. If you want to include maybe a Bible question or a prayer request, we encourage you to do that as well. And we would certainly appreciate it as we wrap up 2022 and look forward to going into the new year. God bless you. I hope you are able to be in the Lord's house today for Christmas Sunday, or at least spend some time with family. And uh, we look forward to being with you next week as we will go into the new year in 2023. And until that time, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.